Escort versus client wants unwanted sex and lying. Article 7 was supposed to be a different piece, but after receiving several emails about my last publication, I've decided to write this extension of Article 6 instead. Honestly, this article is kind of a bummer, but I need to get this stuff out of the way so that I can write about other things. It's not always going to be so dark and bleak. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to take me months to write all my thoughts in the ways I hope to. It's complicated. Ideally, I don't want these articles to be longer than 10 minutes. Um, I've appreciated the emails with questions asking for clarification. I'm into constructive criticism and dissenting views. Uh, I won't always be able to respond right away, but eventually I'll get around to it if it's a real question. Puts a smile on my face to think someone feels strongly enough about me being wrong that they take the time to write me an email. Passion, I love it. Uh, A few emails wanted me to clarify my generalization that all escorts lie all the time and the sex is always unwanted. Uh, The emails essentially say I'm wrong to generalize that being the case for every escort. I'll clarify that this is how I fundamentally view the act of escorting, so it's a generalization on the nature of the transaction and not a generalization on the escort experience. I'm not speaking on how any other escort feels about their work, uh, experience of prostitution, or clients. It would be self-righteous to claim I know how all other escorts feel, not to mention impossible and tone-deaf. After a lot of thought on how to best explain my issue with the claim that escorting can be a positive thing in society, I keep coming back to the unwanted sex and lying. That's my best attempt for now to explain how I view it using my own words. What I mean when I say escorts are lying all the time is that the relationship is fundamentally a lie. It exists solely because of the money. The relationship itself is a lie 100% of the time in my view, though statistically nothing is true 100% of the time, so take your next best approximation. An escort wants the income. A client wants the sex. Fundamentally, both parties are in the transaction for different reasons. Every word that comes out of the mouth of an escort is paid for. It's tainted. The motivation isn't sincere enjoyment, it's income. It doesn't mean she hates her clients. It doesn't mean she isn't being honest about her likes and dislikes, her dreams, her care for her client's well-being. All those things can be true. It's just also true that if she were being her authentic self, she wouldn't be spending time with the client in the first place. Um, What's real is an escort's love of the quick money and the security that provides. Am I making sense, reader? I'd wager most escorts don't create alternate personas. Why dissociate that hard? Seems like a lot of unnecessary work. I was still a version of myself while escorting. I dissociated from myself specifically in relation to who I'd normally be intimate with or spend time with and how I'd act with that person. The act of it was a lie because I wouldn't have been talking to the client in the first place if he wasn't paying me to act differently than I normally would. He was paying for a lie. The lie isn't being okay with the exchange that's already been decided and that's why an escort sells her time and intimacy. The lie is that she wants the sex and that she is being herself because herself doesn't want the sex, just the money. I hope that makes sense. It's not that she's lying about everything, it's that everything is influenced by the relationship itself being a lie. To prove an escort wants the sex, she'd have to be okay not getting paid for it. Otherwise, it cannot be proven, and it's just a client or whomever looking at the transaction through rose-colored glasses. If payment is no longer required for dates, then it's no longer escorting and would be considered some variety of a real relationship. That's my black-and-white take on it for what I feel are obvious reasons. 
I think there is probably a big difference in experience between escorts who felt they had to do sex work and those that chose to do it as a fun way to make money. Like I said last time, I cannot empathize with those workers. I have no idea what that experience is like mentally. I still think it's unwanted sex in both cases. The escort wants the money and it's a lie at the end of the day. I can't think of a better way to phrase it than this messy way I have for now. My version of defining escorting in this article is a dark interpretation, I know. Why? Well, honestly, I want it to sound like the dark way it felt. The sex was always unwanted by me, wanted by the client, and I agreed to lie to make an income. It's that simple. Sometimes I wonder if I'm just salty because I didn't get great clients. But then I remember I did have some kind, ideal clients. The majority were not great, but some were. Even when the client was the nicest man I could envision meeting, it felt evil, wrong, and sad. If I allowed myself to think about it. I'm nauseated by the thought that what I've taught other humans on this planet is that they're only lovable if they pay for it. That was the message I advocated and put out in the world. That I'd have a fake relationship for money, where I only showed love so long as I was paid. That's who I chose to be? Barf. Felt horrible. Paid to be a fake lover. I didn't know those men. I didn't love them. I didn't want them to touch me. I didn't belong there, and I wasn't offering anything real. Not only that, forcing myself to do things I didn't want to do was having significantly negative effects on my mental health. The endless mindfuck of having to pretend there was something real about it when there wasn't just to sound appealing to clients was soul-destroying. I didn't like knowing I wasn't helping them in any real way because it wasn't real. Though, I think hiring me probably did help clients in some way. They probably didn't care that it wasn't real. It wasn't taking a toll on them in the same way it took a toll on me. That's why they paid me. The act of paying me was an admission of taking something of value from me. I'm sure some clients felt guilt or shame or some other negative emotions about the transaction. Honestly, my article on clients is for another day. It's an easier transaction to make if considered a gift because the connection is so genuine. Remove the payment and see how genuine that connection is. Like I said in my last article though, I think self-aware clients know this. My writing likely only upsets those that have gotten a little lost in the realm of delusion. Often a client would wish our connection was real. Many had fantasies about our paid tryst turning into a real relationship and us becoming real lovers. I think even those that didn't want a relationship hoped I genuinely wanted to be intimate with them on some level. I did not, hence why I required payment. My connection with some clients as like-minded individuals could have been very real. Sometimes it was really enjoyable to spend time together. But I absolutely had zero desire to have sex with them. I don't have a desire to fuck every man I get along with. I disliked when a client would ask if I missed them. How could I? I could miss the income they brought, but we didn't have a relationship in real life. We had a fake relationship in La La Land. Why would I miss someone who isn't a real part of my life? Why would I miss someone I had unwanted sex with? If they were a nice man, it made it worse. They were nice, but I still didn't know them in real life, only fake life. We didn't know each other in real life. Both of us didn't belong in each other's real lives. If I turned my brain off, most bookings were something to be shrugged off. I was playing the role of someone interested in sex with his client, not the role of myself. That mentality makes it seem like not a big deal most of the time. I should add, turning my brain off often involved a lot of wine. Turning one's brain off isn't an indicator of intelligence. I'm pretty sure it's literally a survival coping mechanism, unless playing a role. As I explained in my first article, there are different ways to see dissociation and prostitution. 
In regards to the survival kind, I think plenty of smart people turn their brains off. Honestly, this whole pandemic has been a great display of that. Something about wanting to avoid ugly truths in addition to fearing something. Turning one's brain on to think critically makes things much more difficult. Makes knowingly lying hurt if you're a principled person. Much of the world runs on lies. Why not lie? Well, I've explored that with you, dear reader. I guess what I learned was, I fundamentally wasn't respecting anyone I was lying to. That's not who I want to be in life. Someone untrustworthy, perpetually disrespecting everyone, including myself. Leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I feel a lot of ways about clients, reader. There will be future articles explaining the many ways I feel. The following is an attempt to convey one of the ways. It's probably the harshest out of all the ways. The positive nuance will come later, but you're getting the worst first. (laughs) If you're a good news, then bad news person, maybe the rest of this article isn't for you. Respectful clients didn't do anything wrong given the rules outlined in the game they played. They colored within the lines if they hired someone consensually, paid their rate, and respected guidelines. They just failed to make society a better place. That's rude and I'm sorry. I failed alongside them. We both voted poorly. I keep thinking of this video as I try and find the words to explain what I want to explain. I can't quite figure out how else to illustrate what I feel other than by sharing this video. Maybe you'll understand what I mean. So just check out this two, three minute clip, news clip. I have it um, in the article. I'm just going to assume that you watched it now. (laughs) I know this news story is about parenting, but the self-imposed duty as a member of society is the theme that I'm carrying over. These dads aren't paid for patrolling the halls. Rather, they have voluntarily taken on the responsibility of positively influencing their bubble of society. They've sacrificed their time to change these students' environment. They personally chose to go push them to be their best selves, to stop giving in to self-destructive behavior. Something was missing at this school, and these men decided to go figure it out because who else's responsibility is it at the end of the day other than the people in that community? Whose job is it to shape society? The people in it, right? While this doesn't apply to the self-proclaimed happy hookers, it applies to the majority of prostitutes. Most don't want to be doing sex work. There's something missing or wrong in society if women are increasingly trying to get into sex work instead of other work and want it to be normalized as a good career. Normalized, to me, is dystopian. Destigmatized and humanized is still something I understand. But normalized like it's a good thing to do in life? No. I absolutely do not wish that on others. I don't wish unwanted sex and lies. Whatever influence on society these men are having by volunteering at this school is close to the opposite of the influence I think a man who hires an escort has on it. I think clients have failed as men in society in this respect. I think I failed as a woman in society in this respect. I think a lot of clients think they're helping by giving advice or mentorship before fucking their escort. That may be true. Good life advice can be a lifesaver. But it's also true that clients didn't actually make society better because they then paid a woman for consent. Any man that thinks, I wouldn't want my daughter to do it, then hires an escort comes across as the opposite of those men in that school. The whole, you're too good for this, means nothing when a client then still pays an escort for sex. Like, that was just an attempt to assuage your guilt, not do anything productive to change what 
you kind of just admitted you see as a societal evil. Want to do a good thing? Hire a prostitute, then spend the booking helping her strategize to meet her next goal. Enjoy the intimacy of that encounter all the same, but don't have unwanted sex. The hero of the story doesn't pay the woman for consent to sex after he gives her life advice is all I'm saying. Men are ultimately responsible for how society is shaped. I didn't always believe that, but I do now. Something about violence being what upholds civility and men ultimately holding that power. When I accepted money for something I didn't want to do, I didn't make the world a better place or contribute my gifts or talents. Instead, I hurt my soul and I sullied that of the clients in return by allowing them to be a person who paid for a piece. I exploited them by exploiting their sadness, whatever was missing in their lives. They exploited my body and soul, what I sold. Life is messy. I'm not saying it's not understandable. It is. That's how people end up in these situations. It's understandable. I'm an overly empathetic, bleeding heart and understood why a client saw me. I didn't judge. I understood. It just always felt horrible because it wasn't real and I didn't want to have to be doing it. They offered money and that made a difference. Undeniably true. It's just also true that it made the world a worse place. Clients should have been spending their time and money on real relationships in life, not on paying me to lie. In the same way that I shouldn't have brainwashed myself into believing that I had to do something that made me want to die because I didn't know how else to solve a problem and had given up on myself. The past can't be changed, only learned from. I believe I can be someone who makes society a better place, just like I believe you can. Every day is a new opportunity to cast a vote. My attempt at recasting my vote in society means writing in an honest, useful way about my experiences. Sex work is a tool that helps a lot of people escape bad situations, among other things. It looks different in developed and undeveloped countries. As a whole, it's a societal evil, but it can be a lifesaver. I will clarify my positions in a couple weeks when I release my article detailing the similarities and differences on my work now versus when I did the Escort Deconstructed podcast. In short, I worry that advocacy has gone too far and am mildly horrified at my potential hand in that. Glamorizing sex work as a better alternative to meaningful work that pays less comes across as dystopian to me. Quick money taking the place of meaning isn't good news for society. I guess I don't believe the promotion of sex work in this way is a vote for the society we actually want to have. What do I want from you, reader? Well, that critical thinking part of your brain makes things harder, but I think it's worthwhile. We must pay attention to the vote we cast in society with our actions because things are changing quickly and our influence matters. I don't think women having unwanted sex and lying as a job makes the world a better place. I just don't and no one can convince me otherwise. I already tried to convince myself for years so I wouldn't have to face a bunch of bad feelings, but I couldn't avoid reality. Stupid conscience. So naggy. My message at the end of the day is love. Real love isn't paid for. Showing someone love in the world doesn't include paying them for unwanted sex or lies. I hope we collectively choose to act in a way that enables real love and relationships to flourish in society. You know best how to do that in your life. Let your agreement or disagreement of my take shed light on what's right for you and where you place your vote. Up next will be my story of visiting England, then my piece on my position now in comparison to what it was on my podcast. Stay curious, friend. Lots of love.